Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm a congregational consultant with Troubling the Waters. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the Director of Formation for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And we're sitting at a tiny table. <laughs> we it's sure so small. Are. It is not the Tiny Desk Concert Series, though. Oh, that would be so fun. Wouldn't that be fun? We could have a Tiny Table Bible Study Series. Maybe we should, like, submit. Is that what this and is? And see if they would allow us on with, you know, yeah. our... Selves? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, in other words, us? Yes. Okay. Being our, ourselves. I don't With know. our us. With our us. Let's go for ourselves. Yes. Well, ourselves are sitting at this tiny table in, in the sanctuary, the nave, the worship space of Resurrection Church. That's right. Thank you for hosting Ocean us, Beach. Resurrection. Fates ago on the go, just two doors down from yes. where we usually are <laughs> in Ocean Beach. And we're so thankful that you all are tuning in for this gospel discussion for this upcoming week, February 4th, 2023. My goodness, the fifth Sunday after the Epiphany in year B, which is the third to last Sunday before Lent. So, oh my gosh, it's coming fast. Something about the moon and stuff is making Easter early. I don't know. You can look up the golden years in the back of the prayer book. That's how we find the the date for Easter. I use the internet. (laughs) Yeah. In the back of the prayer book. Fun fact. Or the internet. <laughs> Fun fact. You can either Google it or take about 30 minutes to figure out this chart in the back of the prayer book. So, you know, you figure out what you want to do. But what we're going to do with our time today is first ask Charlotte about a time where she saw God. So would you share a God sighting, please, Charlotte, from the last six and a half days? Yes. I will share one from a day and a half ago. Okay. I it know. Counts. Current. Current God sighting. And you were there. And and Greg was there. And we were right here. And we were in the same spot. That's right. So this past weekend, the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego hosted Leadership Academy. Mm -hmm. Leadership Academy has a long tradition in our diocese Mm -hmm. that was interrupted by Mm COVID-19, much like many things in the Mm -hmm. world. And so the last time it was held was in January of 2020. I remember. And it was excellent. At Good Sam. Mm-hmm. As I recall. Yes. So this year, which is the year of leadership in our diocese, mm-hmm. we brought it back. Mm-hmm. And, and what is it again? Would you explain I'm, what it is? Yeah, I'm about oh, to. I was. Okay. <laughs> um, it actually falls in my portfolio as the director of formation because uh-huh. it's about learning. It's a day of learning mm-hmm, and community. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It provides workshops and spaces for people to engage around ideas that will either feed their current ministry mm-hmm. or help them discern where they might be being called by God into ministry next. Mm-hmm. We hosted it here at the Episcopal Church Center in partnership with Resurrection We utilized Resurrection for the morning worship. They partnered with us and hosted. It was beautiful Mm -hmm. and lovely. They transformed the space for us to hold three workshops in Mm -hmm. the sanctuary as well. And then we used a conference room and a hall as well. So three locations Mm -hmm. and a big courtyard Mm -hmm. and a little bit of rain, Mm -hmm. um, all of which was good and holy. Mm And what I was thinking about for my God sighting, and I could have picked at least 12 from the day. It was a great day. But I was thinking about one that happened at the end. And so I had invited everybody back into the church for a closing. And we had done an activity where I'd given everybody three post-its. And on it, we had written a key takeaway, something we were longing for, and something we were committing to for the future. And then we had posted them up, and I had named a few of them. 
And Bishop Susan was here for the whole day, and she was getting ready to bless all of our intentions uh-huh. and then bless and send all of us uh-huh. out into this space. But before she did this, I asked everybody in the space to turn to the person on either side of them and say, thank you for being here. Uh-huh. It wouldn't have been the same without you. Uh-huh. So true. And it was so fun. Uh-huh. Uh, you could hear, much like you can probably hear right now, the smile in my voice, but you could hear the joy in everybody's voice uh-huh. as they were like turning and acknowledging the person next to them. Uh-huh. And because everybody filtered in from various different workshops, they weren't necessarily sitting next to the people they already knew and that they had come with. They uh-huh. were sitting next to people from maybe Temecula, and they were from National City or from uh, Indio, uh-huh. and they were from Oceanside. Uh-huh. And so like it was people from all over our diocese and community. And the holiness of experiencing God by turning to someone that you don't interact with every day mm-hmm. and saying, thank you for being here. It wouldn't have been the same without you. Mm-hmm. Was it for me? Yeah. So beautiful. That's where I felt God as well in the Leadership Academy. I mean, like uh, the the workshops are always so, you know, great and they're fun to go to. But like the thing that's most edifying to me at these diocesan events is always seeing people that I otherwise don't really see very much. Like so many church friends, you know, that I really love and cherish my interactions with. And that's like the thing that stick, stuck with me after I left. And it continues to stick with me now. So that was so great. Well, we would always love to hear from you all as well. If you have a God sighting you'd like to share, if you have any questions, comments, or stories from a week of faith discussion and reflection, we'd love to hear from you. To share about your ministry context or anything, you can find all the ways of getting in contact with us listed in the description for this episode, faith to go at edsd.org. That's our email. You can also follow us or tag us or comment on our posts on uh, Instagram at faith to go, especially our fun videos, <laughs> which... <laughs> Are probably the best thing we put out every week, you know, including the podcast. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, podcast. I don't know. That makes me a little sad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's fine. It's fun. We'd always love to hear from you. And now we're going to move into our gospel discussion. Again, for this uh, upcoming Sunday's gospel, February 4th, 2023, the fifth Sunday after the Epiphany in year B. The gospel for this Sunday is Mark 1 verses 29 to 39, we've been in the first chapter of Mark for like seven years or something, it feels like. And it's not very many verses. Not even done yet. I know. Charlotte's going to read it, and then I'll have a little bit of context, and then we'll each have a point. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sunset, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases, and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak, because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. I wish there was a video of this podcast so people could see the disapproving look you gave to (laughs) (laughs) the author of Mark. We're going to talk about that later. About the the mother-in-law getting up and serving them. Jesus probably could have gotten his own water, just being honest with you. (laughs) You know, he didn't have to heal somebody for the, just to have somebody get him water. 
What a guy. Uh, I'm sure that's not why he did it. I'm sure he did it because he loved Correct. This is our Simon's mother-in-law. A little bit of context. Well, not much context to give because this is the very next story after the synagogue story we heard last week. So Jesus and the four disciples that he calls, has called thus far, were in the synagogue. He taught with authority. He healed someone, uh, cast out some demons. And then immediately they go to um, the house of, of Simon Peter to heal his mother-in-law and to heal a bunch of people in mm-hmm. Capernaum. So this story does also appear in Matthew's gospel, which is the only other gospel that we have a healing story of one of the disciples' mother-in-laws. It is also Peter's mother-in-law in that, in that story. So there's one more story after this, and then that's the end of chapter one. So it's been a flurry, you know, but the first chapter is almost over. And they're still up in Jesus's home region of Galilee in Capernaum in that, uh, in the same city that they were in, in the synagogue last week. So that's where they are. I don't know what the desolate place he goes to would have been, but I'm sure you wouldn't have to go far to find one in this time and in this region. So that's where we are. And Charlotte has the first point. I do. And, and piggybacking off of your context right there, I don't think in this time or in this place we have to go so far to find the desolate regions either. So true. So, and I think that that's kind of where I landed for my point because mm-hmm. in full transparency with the listeners, I had planned to say something different. Yeah. And yet when I read the gospel again today, I had this really sticky part for me, the part that made me make a face as I read it. And it is this part that we get right towards the beginning where Jesus has gone into the house and been presented with the mother-in-law who has the fever. And it says, he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her and she began to serve them. And I have to say... As someone who loves God and loves scripture, that I really want to set that part aside. Mm -hmm. I really want to set it aside and say that the way it is written is representative of the time in which they lived. Mm -hmm. And I want to discount it by saying that Mm -hmm. instead of feeling uncomfortable and unhappy Mm -hmm. about what is written there. And the reality is that as a person, as a woman... Mm -hmm that I feel uncomfortable and unhappy when I read it. And some of that is because I don't know that now is any different (laughs) than then. Mm -hmm. And you and I both laugh at it, not because it's super funny, but, you know, out of alignment and being able to recognize Mm -hmm. that that is the case. Mm -hmm. And I would love to also say that maybe that this is something that society puts on women that there is a societal expectation that, you know, we are always taking care. We are the caretakers Mm -hmm. of the world. And so even if you are sick or for certain, as soon as you are well, you are expected to jump right back into your role of caretaking Mm -hmm. for the universe. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it feels like. I wouldn't be wrong in saying that. And yet I think that it's more than that. Because if I am honest, that is an expectation I put on myself. And so it isn't just society. I am, as both you and Greg, are parts of my ministry in many different contexts, not just here on the podcast. You know that perhaps I'm in the middle of a busy season. Mm-hmm. and Like the last 40 years of your life? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, okay. <laughs> just quarter one. Okay. Um, and and they, it is good and glorious work. I am so blessed to get to do something for a living, mm-hmm. that is something that is also my call. Mm-hmm. 
and that I love sure. with all of my heart. And I can also acknowledge that I am not always the best keeper of my schedule. And so it has been a really rich and full season for me. Two weeks ago, we had the first ever children's camp up at Camp Stevens, 40 children from all over our diocese. And it was over Martin Luther King weekend. And so that was Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And then I rolled right into the Preparations for Leadership Academy, which was this past Saturday. So just kept going, just kept rolling, right? And so the temptation yesterday, well, the reality yesterday was I should rest, right? And yet all day long, I fought against this internal conversation of, whew, you really need to do the laundry. You need to get the grocery shopping done. Have you meal planned for the week? I wonder if you need to vacuum. Um, you haven't spent a lot of quality time with the family. What can you all do together today? Instead of allowing myself to acknowledge that I was tired and that it was okay to either to do one of those things, to do none of those things, and just to rest. As I was reading the gospel again this morning and thinking about what I wanted to say on the podcast, I think that what I wanted to acknowledge is that there is always this opportunity to not look away for what it brings up for us. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it is a deep dive into scripture and based in great facts and context and all of those things. And sometimes it's an opportunity to just reflect on something that is both part of society and part of our own lives. Mm -hmm. And I also thought of it in conjunction with Mary and Martha, which comes a little bit later here in Mark, chapter four, I think. And the fact that, you know, Martha was happiest serving, but also disgruntled that Mary didn't serve. Mm -hmm. And Mary was very happy to claim for herself the part that she wanted, which was mm -hmm. to be with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there is an opportunity for each of us particularly those of us who identify as women, mm -hmm. to think about which part we want to claim on any given day. And sometimes to let that part be not that we need to jump up and start serving again. Mm -hmm. Yes. So many cultural forces pushing against the caretakers and especially women in that moment, you know, of, of needing rest. But then the patriarchal and capitalistic ideas of what it means to be productive, mm -hmm. and specifically productive as a woman, is is so challenging, like you're saying, yeah. And I'm thinking about rest in the story as well, but from mm -hmm. Jesus's perspective, which is my point. And I was struck by this uh, this moment when Jesus sneaks off in the middle of the night, early in the morning when it's still dark out, to what is described as a solitary place in the translation we've got. I was interested to discover this morning, looking at the Greek words, that this word for solitary place is the same word as wilderness mm. from just, you know, 20 verses earlier in Mark, chapter 1, verses 9, after the baptism, Jesus is, you know, out in the wilderness. That is the word for wilderness in all the other Gospels, too. So it's not just, it's not just Mark. It is meant to be this kind of, like, desolate place, which is, again, a place to be alone. So it's not an inaccurate translation, but it's also connected to this other idea of like, you know, being cast out into the outer places from, you know, the, the main life of the community and, um, and a desolate desert wilderness place. 
you know? So probably not much different than the wilderness he spent all that time in after his baptism. And so then I was thinking about that, like the connection between this moment of solitude and those moments in the wilderness. And in Mark's gospel, we don't get as much detail about his time in the wilderness as we, as we do in, say, Matthew or Luke. But I was just thinking about like, like what it means for Jesus to seek out like a desolate place after so much has happened already, you know, like he's really like burst onto the scene and healed people and taught in the synagogues and is like locating himself like centrally in this Jewish community. And like, it seems that every single person in the city knows who he is already, you know, and they're every single person is coming to Simon Peter's house, you know, to be healed. And, and Jesus is like, Casting out all the demons and healing all the people. It's crazy. It's like, what a scene to imagine. You know, just like people lined up outside the door of this, this like, you know, first century Palestinian home. It's crazy. To imagine that scene and then think about Jesus's like decision and desire is to go back to a desolate place is one very understandable to me as an introverted person mm-hmm. to like need to retreat after so much interaction. But also it seems like thinking about the wilderness in the beginning of the gospel, like Jesus has this revelatory moment of his belovedness and feeling beloved and feeling loved by God and and by the people around him and having this like bursting onto the scene moment of his baptism and then immediately out by himself. And in the context of the other gospels, we learn that he's like really wrestling with his own, with his demons. You know, he's like finding himself like For some reason, before Jesus can go out and proclaim the kingdom of heaven, proclaim the good news, do all this healing and teaching and preaching, he needs to be grounded in his self, be centered in his own self, in his sense of self, to be like a defined person, you know, and to really have a grounding in his mission. And then he has the power and like the capacity to go out and do those things. And it's interesting then that periodically, especially after this big giving of energy and healing, he has to go back and reground himself in that place again. Initially, he goes after his baptism and wrestles with demons. And then after wrestling with a bunch of demons again, goes back out into the wilderness. He has to find himself again almost, you know? And so I'm thinking about like this idea of like, like how tempting it is when we're like praised for something to just completely put our identity in that thing and lose sight of who we are, lose sight of our mission, lose sight of our calling, you know? And that is like what makes fame so lucrative, you Mm -hmm. know? Like how tempting it is to be famous and just to be known, you know? And, And so what almost how miraculous then it is that Jesus has, number one, the capacity to know what he needs in that moment, to go away, to remember himself, to remember what he is here for, that it's not just about staying in Capernaum and being famous in Capernaum and healing all the people in Capernaum. Not to be a, Caper- a Copernican all-star. <laughs> Copernican. <laughs> <laughs> that he is meant for something more, you know? The thing that's indicative of that is that he goes back then. after No, he, he's found by the disciples and they're like, all oh, the people want to see you still. Come back to the people. And he's like, no, we got to go. Mm-hmm. We got to go because we need to do more than this. This is not what we're here for. Jesus loves those people, but that is done now. You know, it's time to move on. And so when we are tempted to stay stuck in a thing, I think that is what Jesus is dealing with here. Is like his practice is to get quiet, to find himself, to recenter himself, and to remember what he is here for, remember his calling, to move forward. And when it really is easy to 
to remain situated and stuck in a place that is comfortable, that we're, where we're getting a lot of praise, you know, and move past that into the discomfort of what is yet to come, you know, into the uncertainty of the future. Because that's where Jesus is always moving, towards greater and greater uncertainty, less and less stability, greater and greater insecurity, you know. And as he gets closer to Jerusalem throughout the Gospels, he's making that choice to continue to move, to take steps towards that thing. Because of his sense of self, he can do that, because of his sense of what his mission is. Well, and David, as you were talking, I was thinking about how it's a twofold temptation. Mm -hmm. Because at first I was very much also thinking about like stay, how tempting it would be to stay in that place where you were beloved and you were doing this good work. Mm -hmm. But also not wanting to disappoint those people. Mm -hmm. of That if you continue down the road to the next place, right. that all of those people who were, right. and the language is searching for him. Yeah. And you're searching for him because there's hope yeah. for you and for your family. Mm -hmm. And Jesus doesn't leave them, not because he doesn't love them, mm -hmm. but because the call is to the next place. It's a prophetic call. So true. And so just thinking about how complicated that all is and the need to recenter. You know, I like that more than my conclusion in the point. I think <laughs> that is really where, we're, where it's going. I like that. What is even more challenging than moving away from where you're being praised is to disappoint the people mm -hmm. who are praising you, mm -hmm. you know, and how challenging it is to, to make a choice for what you know to be true for yourself, to know what you need and what is true for your calling at, at the disappointment of others and what other people are expecting of you. So absolutely true. Absolutely true. And I think Jesus does this all the time. He's the temptations don't stop in the wilderness, obviously. Like that's just the beginning because then, I mean, in other gospels, like, you know, in John, people are always trying to make him king and things like this. You know, he's like constantly, he somehow has this incredible sense of self to be able to know exactly what, has to what be he's so meant hard. To do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is so hard. And we know it's hard, you know, just from being human. It's hard. So anyway, that was great. Thank you for that. Yeah. So there we are. Two points. Point number one was Charlotte's about the challenges of rest, you know, especially as a woman in a culture that continues to have expectations of women that are about being, having a certain role, you know, and not being able to, to follow what they're called to do. There's so much rain happening right now. It's I kind know. Of I wonder if people can it's hear pricey. it. Yeah. And the second one was about Jesus going back into the wilderness and to his desolate place to find himself again, to remember who he is and to um, be okay with moving beyond fame and moving beyond other people's expectations of him. So having heard those two points, we'd love to hear what your point would have been for this week if you'd been a guest on the podcast sitting at this tiny little table with us in the pouring rain. Uh, also ask any questions or share any comments you have from your week of faith discussion and reflection. There's so many ways of getting in touch with us. I'll list the description for this episode, uh, including email and Instagram. Uh, and, you know, we check those Instagram comments. We do. And by we, I mean Greg. <laughs> and when Greg checks those, he sends them to us. <laughs> so make sure you comment like one of our faithful followers, Susan of Books Rock Cal. Thank you to her and, and to all those who are commenting. We love to get more comments on the post, you know, share what you think of the episode is always great. Well, know? and it's also really important that we do respond to Susan and say, I can't believe that Greg hit me with a block either. Yeah, it's really unbelievable. I still have got, haven't gotten over it. I know. We also, you know, if you know us personally, send us a text because that is also nice because <laughs> we have people that text us that yes. know us that listen to the episode. But if you're going to text us, also comment on the Instagram so everybody can see it. You know, Correct. That would be nice too. Anyway, we'd always love to hear from you. 
uh, God sightings, questions, comments, anything from your week of uh, faith reflection. We'll be back next week to talk about the gospel for the sixth Sunday after the Epiphany. That'll be February 11th, 2024, which will be the last Sunday after the Epiphany. I said it wrong. It's not the sixth. It is the sixth Sunday, but it's also the last Sunday because then uh, Ash Wednesday is the 14th. Wow. Oh my gosh, you guys. Can't believe it. Anyway, until then, we say goodbye. Goodbye, Goodbye, everybody. everybody.